Hello, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Oh Shoot. Today is going to be a super beneficial episode because we are chatting about all things finances, everything that you need to know to help you prepare for tax season, all of those sorts of things. And um, I have a special guest on with me today. I have Lorianne Kuntz, and she is here to help guide us and just give us some wisdom for this conversation. So Lorianne, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah. So obviously my name is Lorraine Koontz. Um, I am a bookkeeper and CFO. So there is a difference and we can kind of talk a little bit about that too. Um, but I live here in Ohio. Um, I have two little kids. Um, we live on a farm and do all the, the Midwest things, but more along the professional side of things. I thought I wanted to be a accountant and a CPA and tax preparer. And I started down that route and I realized really quickly that I didn't like it. And I saw a lot of people coming in at the end of the year, getting their taxes done. And then we would kind of like let them go out the door and they were still very confused on what their numbers were actually saying and how to utilize that information to um, really make the next business decision in their business to continue to grow. So I saw a disconnect and uh, area that I needed support. And so I left the CPA firm and um, went back and worked for my parents' companies. They had companies growing up and I started like in bookkeeping at like 14 there. So it's been in my blood the whole time. Um, went back to their company and then just slowly got clients on the side. I found like the online space and then I found the creative space. And so now we solely work with creative entrepreneurs um, because a lot of times it's really hard. Like they're creatives and I'm not a creative. I don't a lot of times there's a disconnect for me with creative things, but I want to be able to do creative things. So it's like kind of a sweet spot for me to be able to support creatives because I think what they do is amazing and, um, really just help them understand and see that numbers are not scary. They can be fun and can really propel your business forward. So I wanted to start by asking you, um, just like a few questions for the very beginner photographer let's say the person who literally like knows absolutely nothing, like just started photography charges on Venmo or something like that. Um, what steps do they need to take to make sure that they are like in the right place financially for taxes and all of that? Um, what would you recommend them doing? Like what, how do we start here? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was laughing in my head whenever you said something about Venmo, because let's just like <laughs> stay away from Venmo, like everybody, yes. um, which, okay, before I hold on Venmo rant, um, Venmo, if you do use Venmo, just make sure you're using the business Venmo. But I even like personally, like our company does not work with people that use even the business Venmo because it's very difficult to keep track of things and to do your bookkeeping end of rant. Okay. Now to do the kind of the financial foundations. Um, if you just start out, maybe it's like a side hustle. Um, and you kind of are doing shoots on the side. Um, you still need to keep track of your income and expenses. Um, and I think at first lays out the legal foundations is what I want to touch on as well. Um, even if you have a side thing, you still want to be legally legit and you want to have your LLC in place. Um, because really what that does is it separates your personal assets from your business assets to where if you ever got sued because you were shooting on top of a mountain and someone broke their leg, 
who knows, um, they would not be able to come after you personally. So you want to have your LLC in place. Pretty easy to do with your Secretary of State website. Uh, you get on there and you can do it. It might cost, I don't know, $100, $200 um, to do it. And then from there, you want to go get your EIN from the IRS website. And that is basically like your social security number for your business. And then after you have that all in place, you want to go and get your business bank accounts. And this is key. It's the biggest thing that I see people messing up is they don't have a business bank account separate from their personal bank account. And like, you might hear it, but like actually go and do it because I cannot tell you how many times people come to me and they're making like well over six figures and they still don't have a business bank account. And I'm like, guys, we have to get this figured out. So go get your business bank account. Um, and from there, I minimum have a checking account and a savings account for like tax savings and stuff. Um, and then after that, you need to have some way obviously to accept payments. So I know a lot of people use like HoneyBook, um, and then like Dubsado, maybe I don't see as many photographers use Dubsado, but there are different CRMs and ways that people can schedule. So have that connected to your bank account, uh, like your business bank account, make sure you switch everything over. Um, and then obviously you need to have a way to keep track of your expenses and your income. Um, if you're just starting out, I highly recommend a spreadsheet. Don't try to do QuickBooks online by yourself. Um, once you get into it a little bit and you start like understanding a little bit more of the business side of things and the, like accounting side of things, you can go in and try to do QuickBooks. But from the get go, you don't need that extra expense every month. A spreadsheet will do. Um, and you can just start basically taking whatever's in your like going through your bank account. So like your income, your expenses and just document it for you can have different your different packages of shoots. You can separate out. Um, you can separate out your different expenses, your cameras, your SD cards, all the things. Um, and just make sure you have it in order so that at the end of the year, when you go to fire, file your taxes, you're not like scrambling to get stuff done. And mm -hmm. it also allows you to see like what type of shoots are doing better and where to maybe, oh yeah, I have money to invest in new equipment here. So it allows you to be able to know what to do with your business in the middle of the year, not just like at taxes for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk quick about like the bank account thing. Um, what bank would you recommend if there is a bank that you recommend and how would you recommend having like your bank account set up like within your business bank account? Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I love Relay. Um, it's an online bank account. It's really easy to set up. They don't have really any fees. I um, know like Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, they can get you on fees. Um, if you're wanting to have like a line of credit and stuff, then I don't know if like Relay is the best option for you. But a lot of times in this like creative space, you don't need that. Like you don't have a physical location. You might have a, like a studio or something. So it might, if that's like in your plans, then maybe don't go with an online business or online banking. So Relay is great. If you are looking for like a, you need a loan or something, maybe like, I really like local banks. They just serve you really well. Yeah. Um, with that though, it sometimes can be hard to connect to like accounting softwares, like QuickBooks, they won't connect or we use zero a lot. Um, so you kind of got to look out for that. But okay. as far as like the actual bank account structure, I like to have, I actually, I like three to four bank accounts. So minimum of two, I really like three to four. And it's what I have my clients do. Um, 
to where we have an operating expense account. So basically this is like your checking account where all the money comes in, all the money goes out. You normally don't carry a high balance in here. Um, and then next you have a tax savings account. So at the end of every month, um, we tell our clients and I myself will put like 20 to 30% into that tax savings account. So whenever the estimated taxes comes, I have the money. Like I'm not going to be scrambling for thousands of dollars to pay in. Mm -hmm. um, the next one I like to have is like a business, like emergency slush fund type account to where in our lower months to where you might not be shooting things. I know we're getting slowing down coming out of wedding season and everything. Um, things might slow down and you want to be able to support your business. You don't want to have to completely shut down. Um, and even if we think back in 2020, um, it hit a lot of photographers really hard. Um, so it, having that emergency fund to where like you don't have to completely shut doors is very, um, good for your business, but it's also like reduces your stress. <laughs> Whenever you think about things, you're like, okay, I'm secure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one is like optional. It's like an additional savings account. Like if you want to invest in, new equipment or something that you want to just kind of have a separate account other than your like business emergency fund, you can have a separate one there. Okay. Thank you. That was very thorough. You, you <laughs> nailed that one. <laughs> um, great. Okay. I just wanted to ask that. Cause I feel like, um, that was one of the questions that I had when I was kind of in the first like stages of figuring out my finances. So it's helpful to like, I don't know, it's helpful to hear someone break it down that knows what they're doing rather than like, I feel like a lot of the times with finances, it's just kind of, you just kind of DIY it, which it's one of the things you shouldn't DIY, but it's just the thing that ends up being DIY most often because I don't know, like people don't necessarily see how it can affect your business growth in the long run. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not like a lot of times you see direct client, um, work whenever you outsource. Whereas mm -hmm. with like bookkeeping, or even if you look at like marketing or social media management, it's not, it's not direct client facing work. Um, but it does give you insight for the long run. And also you just, it's something you don't want to mess up. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to dive into the topic of like, why bookkeeping and understanding your finances is going to help your business grow in the long run. Cause that's kind of like where this conversation is headed anyway. So just kind of dive into that for me and talk to me about like why you need to have bookkeeping set up to literally grow your business. Yeah. And I think if we go back to like the very beginning of the conversation of what we were talking about as people are starting their side job, their side hustle, they might want to eventually go full time and in order to do that, you have to make sure that you're confident in your numbers. Like you don't want to leave your job and be like, okay, well, my photography business can support me like full time and can, I can do the things that I love. I can go on the trips and, um, any, whatever your goals and dreams are, you want to make sure that is supportive from your business. And in order to do that, you need to see month over month, what your business is bringing in and see the trajectory of the business. Um, and then that gives you the confidence to be like, okay, leaving my job is the right decision. Then once you leave your job, then it's like, it's real. Like you have to actually, I mean, your business is supporting you. Um, but what we do, I think right now, a lot of times we're looking into 2023. 
Like what is year 2023 looking like? And in order to be able to plan and project, see what we can do, see if we need to increase our prices, see if we need to um, do anything in the business, we have to look at the past data and look at the past, like what has happened in the year 2022 in order to plan for 2023. So um, I actually, I have a lot of photographers, they'll come to me and they're like, well, like, is my pricing right? Is it like profitable enough for my business? And you also got to think in terms there as well. Like you can be pricing yourself too low and you might be thinking you're making good money, but after you put in all your expenses, you're not. And so you raise your prices. So that then therefore increases your profitability. Um, and then also it allows you to see where you can get a new, new equipment to increase your quality of your work. And then from there you'll book more sales and then your profit will just continue to grow up. Um, and then also as well as seeing like where you want to, if you have different packages, I think I see a lot of that of people having different levels of service. And if you split out your income, you can see what people are booking the most. And then you can see what, like where your ideal client clients are and where to speak to their needs on like a marketing perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny how, like how much info and knowledge you get just from looking at the numbers. Um, I feel like sometimes we just kind of like, we just kind of guess like, oh, I think it's about time for me to upgrade my camera or like, oh, I think most people book this. But unless you have like a way to actually like look back on those numbers and be like, okay, this is what's working. This is what's not like I get most of my sales from this, like whether it's HoneyBook or if you have passive income going on, like you can like see like what's working and like whatever is working, that's what you put more time and energy into. Like you said, like your ideal client, let's say books your middle package. So you are putting your time and energy into that middle package and making sure that it's like the best it can be and that you're really trying to sell that package. But you don't know that until you actually look back at the numbers and you have to have like that system in place in order for you to actually analyze things. Like I feel like it's all about deep diving and analyzing so then in the long run you understand like what works and what doesn't yeah and I think it's also realizing that it's not scary and removing like the emotion associated with numbers and like if we we all have different money experiences growing up the way we see our parents handle money we see um if we're married like our the way our spouses handle money like there's so much money things going around and a lot of times it's this such a taboo topic and no one wants to talk about it and it's like shameful to talk about money but mm-hmm. kind of like removing that and peeling back the layers and being like this is an information source just like if i look at my honey book and see like the closed like proposals out or see like the different other types of numbers your finances are they're just black and white numbers telling you what's working and what's not yeah absolutely yeah and I like what you said about it not being scary um because I like even me like I (laughs) I look at my numbers sometimes and I'm like I get scared to like open like QuickBooks or like my bank account I don't have a reason to be scared I'm just like it's just weird like it just feels like I'm like uh, opening the curtain behind my business, even though it's literally my business, it's my curtain. Like I put the curtain there, you know, but it's like just that it feels very weird to look at your numbers. But I think the more often you do it and like the more that you are focusing on 
like looking at your numbers and reading them and knowing like what works like that really is the key to just like having a growing and profitable business in the long run. Like you can't know what profits you unless you literally look to see what does. Yeah. And even like a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, I have this much money in my bank account, so I'm good to go. And like, I can go spend this and that. And so even just like opening the bank account and being like making the decisions based on the bank account in of itself is like, wait, hold on. Um, and it's something that I continually work through. I have one client I'm thinking of and he, he like always is just like, oh, well, what's in the bank account? And I'm like, stop. Like, it doesn't like, we need to look at like what you've been doing and what the actual like bookkeeping because your profit and loss is different from like your cash flow which is what happens in the bank account um because someone might have booked a ton of weddings this month but that's like all deposits and this is like supposed to be spread out over the course of the next year right so you gotta think about that too yes you something that I learned especially during COVID and like just I've been full-time for like two years at this point or maybe almost three it's just like making sure I have that money ready for like winter. Like you're saying it's winter is coming up because it feels so good. Like in the summer you get like paycheck after paycheck and like tons of people are paying you, but then the winter comes and your business, your business bank account is literally like dry, you know, because like people aren't making payments as often. I guess it depends on how your business is set up. But like if you are shooting mainly during the summer months, like Winter is when you need to be ready to continue your monthly paycheck because, you know, as humans, we still need to pay bills and like do those things. So, yeah, you can't really look at it as like, well, how much money do I have? Because you kind of have to forward think and think, okay, how much do I have to pay myself in the future? And how many expenses do I have when I don't have money flowing in? Like all of that, those are all thoughts that should go through your head instead of just like looking at that one number in your bank account. Yeah. And can we like talk about paying yourself? Because I think you have to like look at the next like couple months in the winter time. Mm -hmm. Like you're still going to have to pay yourself. Like your still personal bills are still going to be coming in. You still need to be able to pay that. Um, And so something that I like to do is have that like tax or that bank account for your emergency lower income months and calculate what am I going to be paying myself over the course of whatever your slow season is? And mm-hmm. you won't know what your slow season is if you don't have your like bookkeeping, your reports done accurately. Yes. Um, and I just think it's so important to pay ourselves. Like it's just so important. Like that should be number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when someone that's an LLC pays themselves, um, you would you recommend like not I guess like, how would you not pay yourself? Like if you're a business, like, would you just be pulling from your business bank account personally all the time? Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. So there's two different ways of paying yourself. If you are an LLC, you can pay yourself by just doing transfers and you're supposed to pay yourself by just doing transfers from your personal account or I mean, from your bank, sorry, from your business account to your personal account. And that's Mm -hmm. how you pay yourself. But a lot of times I see people just continually reinvesting in their business and to where at the end of the month, they're like, where's all my money, my bank account that I'm supposed to transfer over. Um, And so that's where I see people like failing to pay themselves. Mm -hmm. As far as like the way to pay themselves, if you're an LLC and operating as an LLC, or if you're just a sole proprietor operating under your own like name, 
only transfer money out of your business account to your personal account. Like do not set yourself up on payroll as like a W-2. Like that's that you're not supposed to do that. Now, if you are an S corp or filing as an S corp, that's whenever you set yourself up on like actual payroll and you're an employee of your own company. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend that someone starting out starts as an LLC? 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. S corps, they're, they're really strategic and really good. They can save you a lot of money, but if you switch too early, it can cost you a lot of money. Okay. Gotcha. So that's kind of something that maybe like if you're considering being in S corp, like talk to someone that knows their yes. stuff and have them evaluate your numbers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Awesome. So I want to talk to you about, um, you mentioned it earlier in your intro about how you do bookkeeping and like, you're also, uh, what did you say? A CFO? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you about the difference between like a bookkeeper and accountant and like, I know that's not a CFO, but like the difference between the two, why you need both for your business and kind of like break down the different roles that they have so that people listening can understand like what each person does and like how it can benefit having both. Yeah. Um, it's really a big misconception. Like people think about numbers and accountants and bookkeepers and CPA and all these people are like the same person, but we're just all in the financial industry. And the easiest way to explain it is kind of taking a doctor, for example, they all have the base finance, like or base foundation of like medical education. They have the overarching medical field. They're all doctors, but you might have a doctor that specializes in, um, cardiologist, for example, specializes in heart. Um, neurologist is like your mind or your brain. And so they all have each area where they specialize, um, but they're all under the umbrella of like doctors and in the healthcare. Whereas like accountants, tax preparers, um, tax strategists, and bookkeepers, we're all under the same like financial umbrella, but we each specialize in our own thing. So if we look at like accountants and tax preparers, um, a lot of times they are a CPA or an EA, which is just a certification. Um, they are solely focused on like the tax side of things. So they are trying to, they'll file your taxes at the end of the year and they're trying to get you the most amount of tax savings. They're all, all about taxes. But in order for them to do their job, you have to have the correct bookkeeping done and the correct numbers for them to report. So then that's where the bookkeeper comes in to where we're doing stuff to where the tax preparer can do their job, but we're also, us like bookkeepers are looking at things like cash flow, making sure the invoicing systems are set up and coming in the right way. Um, how much should you take down on your deposits? How much, like where should you span out your payment plans? Um, are, is your business profitable? Can you invest in new equipment? So we're really in the month to month strategic, like actual business management with the money. And then at the end of the year, then we work with the tax preparer and it's like, Hey, here's the numbers. They're accurate. They're ready to go. And then they take it off and file the taxes. Okay. Gotcha. So one person is like working with you day to day, week to week. And then mm -hmm. the accountant is the one that works with you basically just like at the end of tax season yes. and files it for you. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Awesome. That's very helpful to know. Um, so if someone is just starting out, and this is what we've been talking about all episodes. So we'll just get back to this person. <laughs> I feel like we should name this person at this point. Yeah. Let's, let's name them Kelly. Okay. Okay. So right, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly's the beginner photographer. Um, Kelly doesn't know 
what to do as far as like bookkeeping goes because Kelly isn't making a ton of money and can't necessarily pay a bookkeeper. Like what would you recommend in this scenario? Like, is it still worth it to pay a bookkeeper or should Kelly do some DIY things? Yeah. Um, I don't ever like, I don't know. It kind of comes back and depends on like where, where the money's coming in. Like if you're continually, like if you're losing money, like I'm not going to tell somebody to pay me. Like I, I, I value them in the, like their business and them as a person. Like I don't want yeah. them to continue to lose money. So instead I'll direct them to like, Hey, let's do a spreadsheet option, a DIY option for a while until you can get your feet off the ground. And then you can, then we can reconsider and talk about, um, investing and seeing where that can go. Um, I think a lot of people put off investing in a bookkeeper for too long though. I see, I see people doing DIY stuff for too long. So you've Mm got to be careful with that. But if you're just starting out, so Kelly's starting out, um, we might have shoots here and there. Also, I love that she has a name now. Um, She's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like have a little graphic. Um, (laughs) so she's just starting out. She has a few shoots here and there. Get like a spreadsheet. Um, I have one on my website. In fact, I'll give like the listeners 20% off of it and I'll give you a code and everything in the show notes. Um, and in this spreadsheet that I have, you have like your areas where you can put in your income and your expenses. And then also have like tax savings in there. You have visual reporting. So it has like charts and graph to see like what your highest shoot session might be, what your highest expenses are. Um, you have gold tracking tax, um, savings. And then also we have like a mileage tracker in there. Um, so make sure if you're like traveling to shoots and stuff, you're tracking your miles. Um, so that's a really big one. Um, so yeah, I think definitely DIYing at the beginning is, is the way to go until you get to a certain point and it's like, Hey, I don't have time or you're confused. It still gives you like anxiety or you just have like put it off for so long that you just like realize you're not actually going to do it. That's Mm -hmm. when you need to like start thinking about outsourcing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think Kelly will be okay. I think she will be. I think, I think Kelly with her spreadsheet, like she'll, she'll be good. I, I think it's important, like to even just like, like you're saying, have the spreadsheet and just have something to keep track of things, even though like you might not feel like, like, oh, I only make like a thousand dollars a month from photography. Like it's not that serious. I don't need a spreadsheet. It really is that serious though, because if you take your business seriously and want to see it grow, like you need to start the healthy habits now, right? Like you gotta, Mm -hmm. you gotta start caring about finances now so that you can see them grow later. So I think like, any, any option of just keeping track of it is better than literally doing nothing and just like praying that (laughs) tax season works out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's so many things there, but like you get to the end of the year and then you don't have anything done and you're just like, Oh boy, what do I do now? And a lot of times you'll go back through your personal accounts and you'll be missing out on tax deductions. So then you're going to be paying more, um, at the end of the year. And paying more in taxes and it's just going to be like a complete headache you might file for an extension but then that just gets pushed off to like october 15th so it's coming up actually this year's 17th because it falls on the weekend um and then you're stressed out in october which is then your like busy time of year and then it's just like Mm -hmm. this whole snowball effect yeah yeah so moral of the story is get on top of your games that you're not stressed in october when you're supposed to be loving pumpkin spice like instead you're worrying about your finances that's that is not the vibe yeah. And you're all stressed out because you have like two, three weddings in a weekend. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started about how many weddings are in October. It is just, it is crazy. Like, we need to stop. Like, some, we, let's pick another month, like July. No one gets married in July. Let's do July. Uh, It's, it's crazy. I'm like so impressed and like, I'm over here, like all my photography, like wedding photography clients, I'm like cheering them on. I'm like sending them like words of encouragement. I'm like, you got this. Like, here's another weekend. Like, get through it. We're good to go. Mm -hmm. Like, just yeah. power through. Just power through. Honestly, once November comes, like I'm in full vacation mode. Like sunglasses on, like my mind is on the beach mentally in November. I love it. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, what are some things that like, I guess people that are starting out and like starting out with their finances what are some things that they don't know they need to do that they need to do? Or like, what are some common mistakes that you see? Yeah. Um, so we already touched about the bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big thing with uh, photographers is sales tax. Ooh. So I see a lot of people um, not filing sales tax or filing sales tax wrong. Um, sales tax is a beast. Uh, it really is because every state's different mm-hmm. and it is like, it's crazy. And especially whenever it comes down to photographers, because one state might tax you on uh, what or need you to test, charge sales tax on just the digital product, like the deliverables. Some might be like, it's the full thing. Some might be it's um, only prints. And so you have to really dive deep into your specific state and see like, what am I supposed to actually do? do. So Avalara is a really good resource, um, where you can go in there solely on, they solely focus on sales tax. So you can go in there see what your state says. If you don't know anything there, you can go to your state website. Um, but it's something that I always have to like do a lot of research for our photography clients because it, it varies state to state and it's hard to know. And it's always changing. So that's mm. the biggest thing too. Um, in fact, I have somebody in Washington right now that, she was charging sales tax and she knew she was charging sales tax, but she was actually then reporting it wrong. And so she was paying in like way less and paying in the wrong thing. Um, and the state hasn't caught it because they just haven't caught it yet. Um, and so now we're going to have to go back and refile and like back out a bunch of stuff and redo things. So it's just, yeah, you're charging sales tax, but don't forget, like, just because you're charging it through HoneyBook or something, that doesn't mean that you, you're done. Like you have to actually go in and usually it's every month or every quarter and you actually have to pay it and you have to record like, okay, this was the taxable sales. This was the sales tax collected. And this is what I'm going to be paying in. And those taxable sales aren't your total sales. They might just be, um, the sales on your products or like, it might be the full thing or it's, yeah, it's kind of this whole situation. (laughs) Okay. So basically, Sales tax, you just need to talk to someone about it because it can depend whether or not you need to. I actually had this horrible situation with sales tax, so I guess I'll share it with you since we're talking about it. Um, basically, when I registered my LLC, I registered in the state of New York because that's where I was living. Um, and I didn't realize that for New York, I literally um, didn't have to file like any sales tax because I was only selling digital products. Yeah. So, um, when I registered though, like as an LLC, literally like the New York state website, um, told me like, Oh, don't forget to register for sales tax. So I went and did it. And then they sent me like, like, uh, I think it was monthly estimates for, 
um, how much it was going to be. So I was just paying them, not realizing that I didn't actually have to pay them. And so like literally I paid like $3,000 to sales tax and didn't have to. And so then like I had to wait for like to file that I didn't have to pay for it. And it was like this whole thing to get my money back. And it was just a mess. So sales tax is like, you just need to be careful basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. And the, the scary thing with that is like, if you're charging your client sales tax and then you pay in and you're not supposed to, like, that's not like, right. And it's technically, I don't, I don't know what would happen if they would like go after it even farther mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, well, you need to refund all of your clients that sales tax. Now, if it's like lumped in the like total cost and it's not actually like split out on your invoice, then you're probably good to mm -hmm. go. Um, yeah. Sales tax is just my word. It like, is just a whole it's a whole yes. thing is there anything else that you feel like are common mistakes that photographers make um I mean we touched a lot bank account sales tax estimated taxes I feel like people push those aside or they just are like eh, I don't really want to pay it in or they don't have money um to pay it in um so those come around every like quarter they're quarterly estimated taxes, but they have weird dates. They so. do. I always miss the dates. I yeah. always miss them. <laughs> yeah. Well, get on my email list because I always send reminders. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're like random. They might be like two months apart, and then they're like four months apart. Um, but just set it like save money at the end of the month. See what your profit is. So like your taxable income is like your sales minus your expenses. Uh, save like 20 to 30% aside for estimated taxes and then pay that money in at the end of the quarter. Mm -hmm. If you expect to owe more than $1,000 in a year, the IRS wants you to pay estimated taxes. And that essentially means if you expect, expect to have like $5,000 of profit then you need to be paying estimated taxes. Yeah. It's kind of which where is it's like, like almost if you book like one or two weddings, you're probably hitting that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like a really low threshold. And then that way at the end of the year, you're not like hit with a really huge tax bill. Mm -hmm. And that's something that my, um, my accountant helped me set up was like the estimated taxes. So that's something that very easily, like you can just have someone like set it up for you. And then you just like send in money or like you just pay online every you know, it's not, it's not like this huge time consuming thing. Like it's literally just like make a payment, but like, mm -hmm. like you said, sometimes people don't have money. Sometimes it's a matter of just like, I'm lazy. I don't want to do it, but it really does. Like, don't you get like fined or something? Isn't there like a fee if you don't pay them? Yeah. Like you can get charged like penalties and then interest and like this whole, this whole thing if you don't yeah. pay them. So you want to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the other things, the other things I see is obviously Venmo. Like we were talking at the very beginning, yeah. uh, I see people taking Venmo, like personal payments um, and, or payments through their personal Venmo. And they actually can like withhold money from you and take the money out of your, like if they find out, like it's against their terms and services or terms and conditions, like it's illegal to do that. So just don't do that. Um, so if you use Venmo, you can go through the business side of things. Still, I don't love it. It's hard. It's so hard to do your bookkeeping because mm -hmm. it's essentially like another bank account. It's hard to reconcile and stuff. Um, same thing with PayPal. If you accept payment through PayPal, make sure it's a business PayPal. Um, so you can do that there. And then, yeah, that's, that's a lot of the most common. Yeah. Ones. I was going to ask, is there another app you would recommend that's kind of similar to Venmo or PayPal, but is easier for like accounting purposes or is it all just kind of like stay away? I, mm, yeah, I don't know. Like 
I would say I would say PayPal would be the way to go if you want something like that. Okay. Um, just make sure it's a business PayPal. Make sure you're set it up the proper way so you only have like your business stuff connected to it. Because you know, whenever you check out somewhere like and you you use your PayPal account to pay for something, you click like the funding source. So you might have like a bunch if you have like a bunch of different cards and it's personal cards and business cards, what happens is the money from your credit cards or your bank account deposits into the PayPal. And then PayPal pays Target or whoever you're checking out with. And so it's PayPal's acting like another bank account. And so whenever you do the bookkeeping purpose like recording, you have to record that transfer from your bank account like your business bank account into paypal and then the payment out of paypal into another account and whatever you have money coming into that paypal account from like 10 different credit cards and their personal and business and who knows what then it's very difficult to keep track of um so just have it like connected to your business or yeah your business accounts um and make sure it's a business like paypal yeah okay that that's good to know i didn't know it was actually that difficult like that actually makes a lot of sense though. So, I mean, I don't really use it, but like, I'm like, bro, never, <laughs> never. Yeah. And I would, don't keep a lot of money in your PayPal. I've seen um, people like get hacked and like five, $8,000 taken out. If you get paid, transfer it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, which I'm not sure where the status is. Like a week ago, they came out and said like, if they don't agree with what you're doing, they have the authority to like take out up to $2,500 like whenever they want, but then they like went back against it. And so like, I was reading different news articles like yesterday on it and I don't really know where it stands. So just don't keep a lot of money in your PayPal Mm. account because I really don't know where their terms and conditions are at. Like as of right now, their terms and conditions are weird. It's, they have like a weird, Mm -hmm. weird systems. It's, it's very, very weird. I've come across like weird things recently where like I paid for a product through PayPal And then my products never came from this person, but I didn't really have proof that I paid for it because it was through like a weird PayPal checkout. I still got my money back, but it was like so weird. I was like, is this how people scam people? Like, did I get scammed? You know, like it's just, it's weird. So yes, HoneyBook, even like I sometimes use like QuickBooks invoicing and it's like, Mm -hmm. I like that because it gives you the option to just like, you can have them pay through credit card, but if they want to pay via like, uh, like through their bank account, like direct deposit, like it lets them do that too, which means you don't get any fees taken out, which is nice for me mm-hmm. and probably nice for them too. Cause then they, I don't know if they don't want to use a card, they don't have to. So yeah, those are like the two that I find myself always going to, and they just, they feel more professional than like, Hey, Venmo me, here's my username. <laughs> Exactly. That's another thing is like the professional aspect of it. And even with PayPal, like if you want to use PayPal, great. I do actually, I use PayPal for like my digital digital products. Like have it as, as an option because I feel like it's quick. Mm-hmm. So if you have passive income and it's like a low ticket offer, it's quick to get that. I think you need it. Like, I think you're missing out on money if you don't have that as an mm-hmm. option, but that's unlike passive income and digital products. Right. Um, but if you're like getting out a large invoice, we've got to have professional likeness with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I use PayPal for my digital products too. I find too mm-hmm. that PayPal is one of the only like international options. Um, yes, yeah. Cause yeah. I sometimes use Stripe and I don't think they do international. I've, I've like talked to my international people and they've been like, you need PayPal. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Pay- yeah. 
that's the way to go if you're doing international stuff and have that audience. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I feel like you have shared lots of gold, lots of really helpful info. Um, I guess one of the last things I wanted to ask you is for the upcoming tax season, what are just some things and like ways that you can quickly prep and get ready to help make life easier come tax season? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is just make sure the bookkeeping's up to date. So don't wait till like February, March, April to get that done. Um, just start like now and like whenever you have, if it's not up to date now, go back and like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to turn on a show and I'm going to do like two months of bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. So just like do it here and there. I think that's the biggest thing. If your if your finances are mixed, you have business and your personal stuff, just go print off your statements and highlight them and then put them in a spreadsheet. Um, and then that way, whenever tax season does come, you're not like rushing around. I think that's the biggest thing is being proactive. Um, cause we still have like two and a half months left until like January. And even with January, you still have a little bit of time left too. Um, until it's like really crunch time to where we need to get things into our tax repairs. Mm -hmm. So just be proactive and make sure they're up to date. If they're up to date and you are confident that that is the correct numbers, then tax season should be a breeze. Like from our done for you clients, like they're just like, okay, it's another month. Like who cares? Right. Because they know that their stuff is done. And we are like, Hey, here's the stuff, whether you're doing it yourself or you have someone doing it for you. It's just like, you might have a few questions here and there you might have to answer, but it's just another month. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not stressful if it's done and it's up yeah, to date. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, um, as far as like bookkeeping goes, where if that stresses you out, if sitting down for an hour and doing two months of bookkeeping is something that literally gives you stress beyond belief, that is a sign that maybe you do need to outsource that. Um, and yes, outsourcing yeah. is different for every person. Like some people love to love bookkeeping and want to outsource editing. You know, some people love Pinterest and want to outsource editing, you know, like there's tons of different things that you can love and hate. If you find that bookkeeping is one of them. And I do find that most people hate bookkeeping. I mean, I just feel like it's for me, like it is not the most thrilling and exhilarating thing I could do. <laughs> so because of that, it's like, maybe let's go and outsource that. If that is something that actually is like causing you like mental, space that you want to give to another place instead of bookkeeping yeah and I think like you said it comes to anything in outsourcing like I outsourced my cleaning for my house because I completely mm -hmm. hate it I hate it so much and I would rather work on my business yep. um so I don't do that and so it's just like the whole do what you love and then you'll be really good at that and yeah. I am so close to outsourcing cleaning my house. Like you have no idea. And the fact that you just said that I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should. You will never go back. It is like the best decision yeah, ever. I, I don't doubt it. I think my thing is like, oh, I have time. Like, you know, it's not like I'm like the world's busiest person. It's just like, I hate doing it. Like I'd rather be watching the Kardashians, you know, or doing my nails. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the validation that I got is I'm like, okay, how much like kind of thinking with my pricing and everything. Okay. If I work in my business for those two hours every week, how much am I making? How much am I paying my cleaner? I'm still making money. Yeah. Like I'm still profiting. Like it's not costing me anything. In fact, I'm still making money in those two hours. Yeah. And I am, I mean, I am 
really busy. I have two little toddlers and stuff. So that was another factor. Right, in it obviously. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, you know, you might be convincing me a little bit. Consider myself influenced. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Do it. It'll be okay, great. Awesome. Cool. Well, it was so great having you on the podcast. I would love for you to share with everyone where they can find you, follow you, get all of your resources and get hooked up with like all the, the best, you know, knowledge. Yeah, of course. Okay. So you can find me at my website. It's Um, The spreadsheet we talked about a lot on the episode is lauriannkuntz.com slash DIY. Um, and I'll make sure that I can give like a coupon code and everything as well. But then I'm also on Instagram at lauriannkuntz.co. And I'm finally trying to do TikTok at lauriannkuntz.co too. Oh my gosh. How is TikTok going for you? Um, It's like kind of just been sitting there. Okay. So we're like slowly trying mm-hmm. to do it. Um, before the end of the year, I'm like, okay, I gotta get, I gotta get a plan in place. So gotcha. yeah, slowly, but surely. Awesome. Well, it, TikTok takes a minute, you know, it's like, it's so different. Like, I'm like, what is, what do they want? Like, what does TikTok want me to do? Like, I don't understand it. Completely. TikTok wants you to do what it doesn't want you to do. And then when you do that, it's like, oh, psych, I actually want you to do this instead. Like there's never one answer to what should I post? And I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with TikTok. It's just like, there is no like recipe for success. Like it's different for every single person. So it's really, really hard. Yeah. That's when I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. We're trying it out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> cool. Well, good for you. Thanks again for coming on the episode. Um, this was great. Yeah. And I hope everyone listening gets their finances in order ASAP, including myself. Um, but yeah, thanks again. <laughs> and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. No wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit hard.